0: Good afternoon everybody. Wednesday afternoon Power Mizzou live show weekly coming to you here on YouTube. Hopefully uh plenty of you are, will join us live here over the next 30 40 minutes. Uh some of you will be listening on the podcast. Hopefully most of you listen before say 5 hours from now when Missouri and Texas A&M play cuz that's what Drew King and me Gabe DiArmond are going to talk about. First we'll get to some SEC basketball, maybe talk a little bit of Florida, take your questions, anything like that. If you have questions, please feel free to put them in uh, in the comment queue. We will certainly get to those as we go along throughout the show. Again, mostly focused on basketball. If you have a football question, throw it in there. I'll answer it if I feel like it, to be quite honest. Uh, so appropriate um, intro to this show. Missouri is playing at Texas A&M. Texas a College Station, the NIL capital of college athletics, or at least football. They don't appear to know basketball is happening, uh, but but they do pour their heart and wallets into college football. James Carlton wants to help you guys do the same at the University of Missouri. Uh, he also wants to take care of your insurance needs. I should probably mention that part first, carltoninsurance.net. If you want to get in touch with James 314-961-4800, you call him, you go online, you get a quote. You mentioned Power Mizzou. He's going to donate $20 to the Every True Tiger Foundation. That is uh, Mizzou's new NIL collective. I'm actually uh, meeting with some people tomorrow. Hope to have some some special deals for our subscribers uh, to maybe be able to donate to Mizzou's NIL collective as well. So we'll keep you posted about that. But for right now, go through James, get an insurance quote. Uh, he will make a $20 donation. Drew, uh, not on the road for this one. Is this the first game you have not been to in person this season? Is that accurate? It'll be
1: the second. I wasn't at the UCF game.
0: Oh, right. I forgot they played it at, at UCF. Yeah, we don't count that one. That one uh, that <laughs> one, I forgot about. But um, so, yeah, College Station, in, in interest of full disclosure, we are not traveling this week to either College Station or Gainesville, but we will be at, most of the rest, I know Drew is is going to Oxford in a couple of weeks and in, in Missouri's home uh, this week. So just kind of first impressions, Drew to me, Texas A and M is like a team that was supposed to be good and then looked like maybe it wasn't very good, and now all of a sudden is starting to look like oh maybe the first impression was right and maybe they're actually pretty good.
1: Yeah, they, they kind of underperformed in non-conference for sure. I, I don't think they came out with, with really any impressive wins during that stretch. Um, and then they come out of SEC play just swinging haymakers, um, pick up wins over LSU and Florida. They're undefeated now in in the SEC. And so um, it's definitely going to be a, a pretty difficult test for Missouri. Um, I know like KinPOm has them. Losing the next four games, I think. So, uh, this is going to be a, a pretty important stretch for the Tigers here.
0: Yeah. I mean, AM's non con, they beat Louisiana, Monroe, Abilene, Christian, lost to Murray State, got beat by Colorado by 28, beat Loyola, which is no longer what we uh, know Loyola to be, beat DePaul, SMU, R&P. lost to Boise, beat Oregon State lost to memphis and wofford i mean i mean like not only did they not beat anybody they didn't even play anybody in the not that's the worst non-conference <laughs> like that's a worse non-conference schedule than missouri by far i think you could
1: make that argument for sure um i, I also want to point out like the oregon state win i think that was their only like high major win in non-conference and oregon state is not good um right just so people know out there like that's that's not an impressive win to
0: have <laughs> I, mean, I, I do admire Oregon state's coach though i I assume Wayne Tinkle is still the coach. I don't really know, but like he was dreadful and was going to get fired. They made the NCAA tournament with like a 500 record one year. He gets to the elite eight. they signed him to a big contract extension, and they've been awful ever since then. So well done, Wayne. very impressive.
1: And I can confirm he is
0: still the coach there. So okay, excellent. Um, that is that's that's your Oregon State talk for the season. I doubt <laughs> they'll ever come up again. Um, so AM, I, I mean, look, I I think Buzz Williams is a heck of a coach. I'm surprised he hasn't been better there than than he has. I think this is a pretty like I kind of think AM's gotta make the tournament, or they might start thinking. Eh, is this worth it? Of course they do have to save $90 million in case they want to fire Jimbo next year. So they might not have the money to do that. But point being, you know, he hasn't really gotten it going yet, but like you've looked at this team a little more than, than I'm sure I have. You, you know, you wrote the preview this morning. Like what's the, what's the worry for Missouri tonight other than, Hey, you're on the road in a place where it's not going to be all that great an environment. Like you're kind of going to have to create your own energy.
1: Yeah, so I think, um, first of all, you can find my preview on PowerMuseum.com, but one of the things I wrote um, was that Texas A&M isn't necessarily a a high-caliber scoring team inside the paint, and they're a bad shooting team. Where they get a lot of their points from, though, is the free throw line. They have 25.5 percent of their points coming from foul shots from free throws right they're really good at drawing fouls and i know that that was an issue that came up in the arkansas game from missouri was that dennis gates felt like they lost the free throw battle and it was one of their main points of emphasis going into um the vanderbilt game
0: and, and they did a good job of that and so go ahead so i, I want to stop you there real quick because dennis gates said after the vanderbilt game i mean correct me if this is not the way you heard it but he basically said yeah, I was fine with open shots. I just didn't want us to send him to the free throw line. Like, I don't think I've ever heard a coach say that. And it almost burned him, to be honest. It did. Um, I, don't, I don't know that that
1: was the game plan. He did say that that's kind of how they took his instruction, I think, was that, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, don't foul, but they kind of gave up the lane because of that. And so right. that's something that they'll probably look to correct going into Texas A&M tonight. But, yeah, I mean, this is a team that – um you know, I think Kobe Brown is gonna be kind of a target for them on offense. They're gonna to try to get at at him and, and have him pick up two quick fouls, get him out of the game. Um, and so that's kind of where I see Texas AM taking this is to make it kind of a rock fight, slow it down and um really try to make a living at the free throw line.
0: Well, and, and it's interesting because Texas AM, I I don't know if he's their best player, but but he's one of their best players, uh Marble and I mm-hmm. Julius Marble. And he's pretty similar to Kobe, you know, similarly yeah. sized, like, versatile. Some some nights he might be more of an inside guy, but he's capable of going outside. Like, I, I think that's a pretty interesting matchup tonight.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I it's not like Texas A&M is a great inside scoring team. Like I said, you know, they'll feed Marble, but um, I think – what Marble really brings to the table is the rebounding presence, right? And really the whole team does. There's just kind of a physicality with this team. And Marble really personifies that for them. You know, he's he's just a big guy um, and is going to give Kobe, you know, a, a battle inside.
0: And, and the other thing about AM, like we've already said, they don't shoot that well. They don't score a lot. But... Uh, I don't have the number directly in front of me, but they are one of the better offensive rebounding teams in the country. Fortunately, offensive rebounding has caused Missouri no issues in the last couple weeks. Like they are locked down defensive rebounding. (laughs) Sure. Not, not at all. No, I I think what's interesting about Texas A&M
1: too, is that, not only are they a great offensive rebounding team, but it's really a team effort. I don't think any individual player is averaging like more than five rebounds a game. And so um, it's going to take a complete effort from Mizzou, I think to kind of negate that effect that they have on the boards and, and limit those
0: second chances. And and I'll be interested to see, cause I think it was the Kentucky game, but it honestly might've been the Vanderbilt game. I don't know. One of my, I I, I, I said like, the opposition's best approach here is just throw the ball somewhere near the basket and go get it themselves like you don't need to even make the first one just get it on the rim and and go get it and you could see that being a concern tonight and you're on the road it's going to be called differently you've got to be a little careful not to be too physical uh I think I don't know this is one that I think a lot of Missouri fans maybe weren't giving enough credence a couple days Mm -hmm. ago, but it better have Mizzou's full attention tonight. Yeah, I think rightfully so coming out of non-conference
1: play too, right? I don't think anybody really expected Texas A&M to go into this game on a four-game winning streak, right? Like they're kind of building a lot of momentum right now, and a win over a ranked team would do a lot for the rest of their season and their confidence. And so, um, yeah, I think this is going to be a tougher matchup
0: than anticipated. And the reason you really want to get this one is because it takes pressure off you on Saturday. And and mm-hmm. guys, we'll get to your questions here in just a minute. Um, but when to kind of finish up the week, they go to Gainesville on Saturday. And I, I've been saying for a couple of weeks now, just go one and one. Mm-hmm. But it, it, I mean, it's like when you go to the line, you're you're tied and you just got to make one and two. It's a whole lot easier to make that first one, man. Because if you miss the first one, then you put even more on the second one. Yes. So. You know if Missouri can get a win tonight, then you kind of go to Gainesville playing with house money, and Florida's another one of those teams. Like, these are the games that are going to separate whether you finish third or ninth in the SEC. Like, I really think the 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 distance between those two places in the league standings are not going to be more than two or three games. And these could be two of the teams you're battling with.
1: Yeah. And, and by the way, like Florida is not going to be a pushover team either. Right. right? Like they, Colin they Castleton to a, play. yeah. Like, you know, Liam Robbins from Vanderbilt gave Mizzou a lot of trouble uh, in their past game. You know, guess who else has a seven footer who can swat shots and, and make like, shots
0: Liam Robbins post? is to me, a little bit less talented version of Col- Colin Castleton. Exactly.
1: And <laughs> So um, like you said, like it, the Texas A&M game they probably actually match up a little bit better um and so you definitely want to take advantage of that kind of matchup while you have the chance right um because the Florida game is not going to be
0: any easier yeah, so before we get to some of the questions so like we have said hey you know yes this game needs missouri's full attention they have to play it one game at a time we all understand that but I don't care cuz neither one of us is playing so we can look at more than one. Adding in Alabama and Arkansas at home next week. What would surprise you more over the next 2 weeks? 4 and 0 or 0 and 4? I think 4 and 0. Me too. Yeah. Now now that's not saying I think Missouri is going 0 and 4, but I think 0 and 4 is more likely than 4 and 0. Yeah. Just
1: because you, you had to add in the fact that they're going to be on the road for the first two games. It, it's, I think the Arkansas game show, like it's, it's going to be really tough it's to different. win some of these games um, outside of Missouri. And then, you know, you come back home and you're playing two of the top three teams in the league. Um, and, and so like those games are going to be even tougher, I think. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I there's a lot of challenges going into these next four games for Missouri. Um, and, and so I would be surprised if if they ended up winning all four of them.
0: And, and to me, two and two is the goal. One and three does not take you out of tournament consideration. It does not wreck your season. I think it does probably take you out of serious thought that this is like a top four team in the SEC if they go one and three.
1: Yeah, I agree. It, it probably knocks them out of the top 25, too. They probably yeah, won't, yeah. Um, you know, be one of the top uh, six yeah. seeds. Yeah, like... Right.
0: It, it, you're going to have to go at least 500 over the next two weeks to kind of stay where you're at. And then right. it gets... I don't want to say it gets easy, but it gets a little easier. For sure, yeah. I,
1: I, I, yes, you're not having to go up against Arkansas twice again. Um, right. You've already got Kentucky out of the way. Um, I, I think really the only top four or five team that's left on the schedule after that is Tennessee, maybe Auburn. Tennessee and um, Auburn, yeah. Yeah, so it does get a little bit easier after this well,
0: and stretch here. Even before the season, when I looked at this schedule, when I frankly did not think this was an NCAA tournament team, like when I had them going 7-11 and 11 in the SEC that was after like a one and six start, you know? Mm-hmm. So the back half of the schedule certainly is, is a little bit easier. So uh, what I want to do, I want to want to get to the questions and comments you guys have. And then after that uh, I want to, we're going to talk just a little bit kind of SCC wide basketball. Cause it, mm-hmm. it's a pretty good night in the league. It's a big week in the league. And, and I think this is a, a really going to be a really fun league to follow. And Jason says, are we finding out the Kentucky win isn't as impressive, but maybe the Vandy survival isn't as damning. Um, that's fair. Vandy is a little better than I thought. I mean, they were leading Tennessee at halftime last night. They didn't close it out. Um, but nobody else has has done much against Tennessee. What the – like, it, pure accident that Drew and I are wearing blue, by the way. But what yes. the hell is Kentucky doing? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, South Carolina came into last night, 205th in Ken Like I saw a tweet that said, this wouldn't be Kentucky's worst loss of the year. This would be one of Kentucky's worst losses in a decade. And they lost it. Yes, they did. Um,
1: and it's weird too, because it's not the guy who you think would be beating Kentucky right Gigi Jackson is going to be a first round NBA lottery kind of guy right and and so he had a good night but you lost to Michi Johnson like <laughs> there's not a lot of teams that do that and so Kentucky is really just in a tough spot I don't know if it's because like the fit around Oscar isn't very good or if it's just like the Mizzou loss did something to their psyche where they, they don't feel like Kentucky anymore. Um, Maybe like the space jam aliens came and took their superpowers away. (laughs) Um,
0: I mean, it's bad. South Carolina's best win before last night was Clemson. They beat Clemson 60 to 58 in the second game of the season. I don't know whether Clemson's any good or not point is that's a bad south carolina team like not not very good that's a bad team but you know how i can tell that john when john calipari doesn't think his team's very good he doesn't get mad like he's praising these guys and asking the fans to stick with them and saying you know i got to i got to do better and this and that like when he thinks his team is capable of more he will rip them in the press and he mm-hmm. will go on some some pretty good rants He's not doing that with this team. And that tells me he doesn't know how much is there. Yeah. He said after the Mizzou game
1: in our in our presser with them, he was like, I still really like this team. And I was like,
0: what do you mean still? Like, yeah, I mean, mean- un- unfortunately <laughs> for John, his fans do not particularly like this team. And they, they also do not like him at this point in time. <laughs> So, Uh-oh. uh, Cam Cameron is is wanting to know, ignoring the obvious, whose role or lack thereof on this team are you most surprised by? I, I'll let you take this first because I'm going to need a second to think about it.
1: Yeah. Um, for the role I'm most surprised by, um, I'll go with Trey Gomillion. I think, um, well, him and Ronnie really moving up into the starting lineup and, and, playing the number of minutes they have and and making as big of an impact as they have has really surprised me. Um, On the other end of the spectrum, I'll I'll say this, I'll be transparent about it. I really thought that Mo Diara was gonna be a starter on this team going into the season, just because I thought Kobe plays best when he's not the biggest guy on the court for you. And, and so Mo Diara would kind of let him move over to one of the forward spots. Um, so that, that's that been a surprise to me is that Mo Diara has not been a factor at all this year.
0: He, so here's my biggest surprise. It's Nick Honor. Um, it's not that I didn't think he was going to play. Um, and, and I actually even thought he probably would be the starting point guard. But, I, I mean, when they signed him, I looked and I go, eh, seven points, two assists at Clemson, like, that's fine you know, I I mean, okay, that's like a rotational guy on a team that hopes to make the NIT. Mm -hmm. And it just shows you that these coaches know so much more and put so much more thought into, okay, I need a guy to fill a role. Like if you and me are recruiting, if our message board is recruiting, it's like, well, this guy scores 20 a game and this guy gets 24 and this guy's got 17. So we're gonna score 192 points a game and we are gonna be incredible. Well, except for the fact that, you don't have guys like Nick Honor who are perfectly happy going one for three on a night dishing out four assists, just not turning the ball over and just kind of being steady. I mean, I've he has exceeded my expectations. I think more than anybody else on this team.
1: And it's it's always fun to see the little guy, you know, yes. do as, do well I, against I the big guys.
0: Short like, guys.
1: Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and to his credit, too, like he's having his best season of his career. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, and maybe it was, it's because of the role they have him playing, um, or maybe it's just that, like, he's getting a lot more opportunity here. But, like, Nick Honor's been outstanding for him.
0: I mean, I mean, he's turned into the guy that if you tell me, okay, Missouri's down three and they're going to run a set to get a three, I think I want Nick Honor shooting that ball. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, him he, or Des Moines? Well, Des Moines Hodge. Yeah. DeMoy I was going to say, that's fair that's fair. I, 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 I did skip that one because he was busy puking in the last game. Uh, <laughs> so you already kind of answered Cam Cameron's next question. I expected mode DR to see more playing time. And I think, we I, think I said this to you in the last game, like it's a little concerning to me that he can't play on this team. I mean, they are getting their brains beat in on the board and on the boards in, in points in the paint. And Look, there's obviously a reason. I'm not questioning the rotations. They're 13-2. and Dennis Gates is in the National Coach of the Year conversation. But it at least has to cross your mind that if a 6'10 dude can't get time on this team, maybe he's not what they
1: thought he was. So this is my thought on it. Um, Dennis seems to really like his forwards to um, be more of a facilitator in the offensive scheme, right? Um, and so you'll see Kobe Brown and Noah Carter, you know, make um, decisions and, and bring the ball up and passes, right? Um, and, and so, you know, Ronnie does a little bit of that. He's he's not as much of a, a shooter or anything like that, but he'll still get some opportunities to, um, you know, facilitate from the elbows aiden shaw doesn't do that as much and he'll be somebody that dennis throws in there to get him a rebound um mm-hmm. but it's only like you know eight minutes of night it's not a ton of time and so if you've only got eight minutes to spare are you giving it to aiden shaw who is a freshman with a lot of potential or are you giving it to modiara who is a juco coming in and is it ready um to perform at the same level as Ronnie and Noah and Kobe. So yeah. that's kind of where I think they're at with it is, is they just want to give the younger guy that opportunity right now.
0: And I think this might be saying kind of the same thing you were saying in a little bit more basic way, but the strength of this team, I think is the ball movement, right? I mean, very, very rarely does the ball stick with this team. I mean, they, they whip the ball around. It reminds me a little bit of Frank Hayes first team here or uh that played you know ricardo ratliff as the center he was 6'7 and kim english who was basically a shooting guard playing the power forward but they moved the ball so unbelievably well because he had five passers on the floor mm-hmm. so look we haven't seen modiara enough to know what kind of player he is but 6'10 juco guy like he may not be that guy like like the offense may slow down and stick a little bit if he's in there so that could have something to do with it too
1: and on top of it, like sometimes it just takes a little time for the Juco guys yeah. to to adapt to this level, you know? Like it, it doesn't always translate as well as everyone hopes.
0: Fair. Um, okay, so we've got like three or four straight questions here about the same thing. So I'm just going to pick one. <laughs> Kyle wants to know, getting it out of the way, is Mosley playing tonight? We can report progress on that front. He was on the plane in the team video. So, I mean, that is further ahead than the last game. Whether he gets off the bench, we have no idea. Yeah, I don't have any idea either. I, I, I've i gone from, I, I mean, I think most fans are at the point where they don't really care. But I am fascinated if he does play again to see how Gates works him in. Because, mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't know who loses minutes on this team right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it would, it would, uh, not from what, but it would take an injury, I think, for him to see consistent minutes at this point just because it seems like gates really has his rotation locked
0: down i i think he could i think what he could become is a guy that you were just talking aiden shaw basically gets four minutes a half to do one very specific thing right mm-hmm. I, I could see mosley getting like six to eight minutes a half to do one very specific thing come in off the bench when we need a basket and if you mm-hmm. get us five of them great you know, and like we need a run here, whether we're up six and we want to put somebody away or whether we're down eight and we've got to get back in it. We need a guy who can go out and get a shot uh for three or four minutes here. Um That's that's probably uh,
1: the role. But so the thing is, too, though, like there's been opportunities for that. Right. Like the. Arkansas game, they they could have used him. I know he wasn't there, but and then yeah, it's tough to play game, when you're not there. That's true. I've but that. but but even the Vanderbilt game, you know, like they have a, a really tough start to the first half. They could have used
0: a bucket somewhere in there, you know. And, and and I could be wrong on this, but to me, since UCF, it has seemed predetermined that Isaiah's not playing, and that might be the case tonight too. I I don't know. Like we literally have no idea if he's going to play. But I think right now, Dennis Gates knows if he's going to play, right? Yes, I, I, I agree don't. with that. Yes. <laughs> if he doesn't, uh, you know, I don't know. Check Twitter, Dennis. See if see if you <laughs> should play him. Uh, Dustin wants to know if, if you put an Alex Oriaki or a Ricardo Ratliff on this team, how much better are they? I mean, guys like that are, are probably taking minutes away from Kobe Brown. So I, I'm not sure how much better to be quite now. Maybe they could play next to Kobe, but then it's a different style of game. Like, I, I think this team has gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't know. They're pretty good. I I, I don't know how much I would change because it kind of changes the way they play.
1: I'm not con- completely sure who either of those players are. <laughs> right. Honest, I kind of figured so. you didn't. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so they were basically, I mean, Oriaki started at UConn and he was more of a 6'10", like he was a post player. Uh, went through a stretch. His okay. he grad transferred to Missouri and he went through a stretch like the last seven games of the season. I think he only missed like four shots because they were basically all alley oops from Phil Pressey. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> Ricardo Ratliff was, was the, he was the center, but he was like six, seven on, the, okay. on Frank Hayes first team that won so, 31 games. He is now like the MVP of the professional basketball league in South Korea. Ah, okay. Major celebrity over there. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So it, it just sounds like the, the
1: question is what would happen if somebody with size. If you put a bigger guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think it would just give Dennis another option, to be honest, like a, a different look to throw out there um, when he needs it. I don't know that it would change the wins or losses at this point because right. they've only lost twice. Um, right. So, um, But, yeah, I, I think it would just be something Dennis would have in his back pocket.
0: So, uh, like I said, I want to, I want to finish up with a little bit of, uh, just kind of looking around the league and and four games last night, we already talked South Carolina, Kentucky. We don't need to mess around with that. Um, Florida gets a win at LSU, LSU now just one and three in the league. The, the win was Arkansas and then they haven't won since then. You know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I, I honestly, I've not really watched them play. I don't know what to think of them, but like they came in After one conference game Everybody was talking about Wow Matt McMahon And Dennis Gates Really getting this done And and now they've They've kind of hit a stretch That I think a lot of teams In the SEC are going to hit Where like Oh this is a pretty good league Man losing three in a row Is not that hard <laughs> Yeah And
1: you know Credit to LSU They were in that Florida game For a while And Florida's just kind of it out at the end um but that's gonna be the case in a lot of sec games this year um i, I will say on lsu too it's not like they had that good of a non-conference uh or, or that tough of yeah. a non-conference schedule you know I, I think they only lost against kansas state but um yeah. there weren't that many impressive wins on there either yeah
0: Well, in the SEC, I think it's going to be so interesting because like that Florida game, I mean, you're looking at if they go to LSU, if they lose that game, they're one and three in the league, you know. And so like these games, especially in January, can just yo-yo teams up and down the standings uh, so quickly. Um, So then my main takeaway from from SEC basketball last night, other than Kentucky is apparently garbage, was – you know the 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 meme that's going around right now is is the f around and find out chart, right? That mm-hmm. that's been the thing. Like yes. Tennessee and Auburn kind of f around and almost found out, and then decided they'd go ahead and play a second half last night. Um, you, you know Auburn
1: bouncing back from that Georgia loss, I think. Um, kind of reestablishing themselves as like, no, we're 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 actually not f around here. Like, right. Um. But it, they were close. They were pretty
0: close. I mean, they were down for a good amount of the first half. Now, I, I just think like both of those teams played games Vandy at home, Old Miss on the road. Like, those are the games that make the difference between are you one of those top four teams getting the double bye or are you sitting down at like six, seven, eight? The teams that are in the top four, like, they're probably going to lose in Fayetteville, right? They're going to lose yeah. in Tuscaloosa. But they're going to go win in Oxford and they're going to beat Vandy at home. Yes.
1: Um, And and Tennessee, too, you know, um, they had a pretty close win against Ole Miss. Um, Mm -hmm. And and so, like, I think, um, just kind of like we said, like, it's going to be tough to win road games in this conference. Like, Do we do we know what the updated record is of SEC teams at home? Because it was it was pretty high to start the year.
0: Yeah, it was. I think it was fifteen and four last night. I think they went. uh, I think it was like fifteen and four going into last night. Last night they actually home teams went one and three. Mm, So okay, you know, somewhere around sixteen and seven, but but still winning two thirds of the games. You know, which I think is pretty standard. Um, Yeah, uh, but then. Tonight, I mean, the early game tonight is Mississippi State, Georgia. If you have things to say about that game, the stage is yours. Please feel free. I have zero things to say about that game. I don't have a ton of things to say about that game either. I mean, that's one of those to me, like, I don't think Mississippi State's as good as they looked early. Um, I don't think they're terrible. Um, But that's one of those that, like, if Georgia wants to not play on the first night of the conference tournament, they should probably win at home. Uh, But then, to me, maybe the best game of the SEC schedule so far, Alabama at Arkansas, Alabama looks like a juggernaut. Mm -hmm. I, I mean... They look phenomenal. I'm a little bit surprised that Arkansas is favored by a point. Now, it is in Fayetteville, so only being favored by a point is kind of telling, but I I want to watch that one. That, that'll be fun.
1: Absolutely, yeah. That's going to be a heavyweight matchup for the conference for sure. Um, and credit to Nate Oates, too, because like that was not a great way to end the year for them last year. Um, and yeah. he's kind of rallied them back and gotten them kind of That's, in a better spot, I think.
0: That that is future Texas coach Nate Oates to you, Drew. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, but in all seriousness, like I know Missouri fans are going to say, "No way, I'm not doing this." The SEC needs to root for Arkansas in this game, I think, mm-hmm. because if Alabama wins at Fayetteville, then all of a sudden you're kind of going, "Okay, well." they're putting some teams in the rearview mirror here early with the 26 point win over Kentucky, a win at Arkansas. Uh, who would you say is the best team in the league right now, Tennessee or Alabama? I would still say
1: Tennessee. I think Tennessee has a little bit more talent than Alabama, but I would say Alabama is definitely like the hottest team in the league right now. Like I wouldn't want to play them.
0: Yeah. I mean, if Alabama wins tonight, both those teams will be 14 and two, two and zero. Oh. um, a&M's the only other undefeated team in league play, they're two-0. I mean, so literally, if Missouri wins this game tonight and Alabama loses, Missouri is tied for second. But if Missouri loses this game tonight, and I mean they could be down in like 10th, you know. So so that's how volatile this stuff is. And yeah. I mean the SEC's got look, I think right now Tennessee and Alabama have one seeds in their sights. I think Arkansas, you know, hopes to maybe play itself into like a two or three Mm -hmm. Auburn and Missouri are teams that I think could be looking at this and saying, hey, we've got a shot at a top four seed in the NCAA tournament. Like I, I'm not going to say top to bottom, this is the best league in the country or anything, but if you take the five top teams in this league, I'm not sure there's another league that you'd say I'd take the top five over that.
1: No, I I tend to agree with you. I know, like Ken Palm has the SEC as as number three right now, behind the Big Twelve and the Big Ten. But if you're talking well, about just just the top teams, like yeah, I think the SEC is is probably the team to beat.
0: Because because the Big 12's biggest strength, it's kind of what the SEC says in football, right? Like our ninth place team would would destroy your ninth place team. Absolutely. Um. So the Big Twelve on any given night. Um. But outside. It's hard to say Kansas State is an elite because they've played elite so far. I don't know if I believe it yet. I think the Big 12 has one elite team. I think the SEC could have three and maybe even four if Auburn were to really get on a roll.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: no, yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, the
1: Big 10, too, like I'm not sure that – there's any – I mean, Purdue, Purdue's having a pretty good season. But good. outside of them, like, I'm not sure that there's going to be that many top four Cs that come out of there, you know?
0: Right, like, literally, who else do you – I mean, Illinois is starting to play decently, but I'm not sure they're great. Wisconsin just got – brutalized by illinois i mean Mm -hmm. michigan hasn't lived up to the hype michigan state started off slow i think there are a bunch of good teams but i think the top of the sec is better than the top of any other league in the country
1: yeah definitely
0: so uh missouri trying to join that top of the league um you know what are we just kind of real quick before we get out what are you looking for tonight i mean what what kind of keys this thing if missouri is going to come out of college station with a win
1: yeah, so I, I think on top of um, Texas A and M not being a very good shooting team, they're also not very good going up against shooting teams, right? They um, have a pretty low three point per, three point percentage allowed this season, and so I think Mizzou's gonna have to um, you know kind of space them out a little bit and and find their range because um, inside Texas A and M is is pretty good, um, at, at protecting the room. And that's something that Dennis Gates actually brought up on his radio show earlier this week. He, you know, he said we, we have to break the shell. Um, and I, I think on top of that, you know, him and Buzz Williams are very familiar with each other. Um, mm-hmm. going go, while Buzz Williams was at Virginia tech and Ted, or Dennis Gates was at Florida state. So, um, I, I think it's going to be, um, you know, maybe some mind games too, like trying to throw some different stuff that the other might not expect. Um, And then the last thing I'll say, um, Texas A&M's point guard, Wade Taylor, um, I think is is really, really good. Um, I'm acquainted with his sister, Kennedy Taylor, who is the all-time leading um, assist All-time leader in assists at Texas State, Um, so I had a little bit of an inclination that he was going to be pretty good. But he's been—he's really had a breakout year this season, and so um, he's a guy to watch for tonight.
0: I am going to super oversimplify this, and you can say this a lot about a lot of Missouri games, I think. But I think it's very true against Texas A&M and Buzz Williams and a team that doesn't necessarily shoot the ball super well. Over 75 points, Missouri wins this game. Under 75, A&M wins this game. Agree with that. Yeah, I think
1: Mizzou has to really speed Texas A&M up. They're not a fast-paced team like Arkansas was. um, And and so to um, overcome the deficit that's coming on the boards, I don't think Mizzou stands a chance at out-rebounding Texas A&M. But so to to overcome that, you have to um, beat them in a bunch of different, categories and I think if you win the turnover battle make this a, a fast-paced and high-scoring game that'll be that'll
0: give you the best chance to win tonight which is kind of our analysis of most Missouri games to be yes. honest right like they right they're very rarely are we going to get to a game this year probably never and say Missouri really needs to slow this one down but <laughs> hey it is what it is uh, so if
1: if it's always going to be like over under 75 points that Missouri wins it's always going to be the over for them <laughs>
0: Pretty much, right, right. So, uh, all right, guys, 7.30, SEC Network. That uh, that Bama-Arkansas game's at 6. It's on on one of the ESPNs. Uh, but M- Mississippi State, Georgia is on before Missouri, so I'm sure that you will be yelling at your TV while Georgia commits six fouls in the final 42 seconds, and you have to flip to, like, ESPN News or something to see the beginning of the Mizzou game. Um, We'll talk to Dennis Gates afterwards. Drew and I will have full coverage of that one on the site tonight. So appreciate you guys hanging out with us here and uh, want to encourage you one more time to look, you got, you got four hours before tip off. You got an hour and 52 minutes before James Carlton sends all his people home. And, and look, I'm going to guess that if you called James at five Oh one, somebody would be in the office, but the man wants to watch the Missouri basketball game, let him leave the office on time. So give him a call sometime before five o'clock today. 961 4800. You can go to carltoninsurance.net and find all the information there Just give James a shot to save you money on your insurance. Uh, He probably can do it, but even if he can't, hey, you're going to take 10 minutes out of your day. You're going to be on a phone call with a guy who's a huge Missouri Tiger fan. You guys can shoot the breeze about Missouri sports. You can tell him you heard about this on Power Mizzou, and he's going to donate $20 to every two Tiger Foundation on your behalf if you tell him uh, this is where you heard about it. So, I know you've got 10 minutes to waste. You've been sitting here listening to me and Drew for the last 39. So God knows you don't have anything else to do with your lives. So appreciate it, guys. We'll talk to you next time.